Hi, my name is Tara Kachaturoff, and I'm the host of Michigan Entrepreneur, where we feature businesses from startup to stellar. Today, I have as my special guest, Brad Muhort, clinical hypnotherapist and coach. Welcome to the program, Brad. Thank you, Tara. Great to be here. And it's great to have you here. In fact, you are the first hypnotherapist that I've actually interviewed, so you get that award. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. So let's dive in. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your background? Sure. So I spent a decade working in the technology industry and then about 13 years ago decided that I wanted to do work that was more directly with people and helping people more directly. And circuitously that led me through coaching and then to become a hypnotherapist as I am today. Yeah. And that's actually how we first met, which was quite a while ago. So yeah. And right. it's so great to actually be able to talk to you about this field that you're in and the work that you do with people. Um, so what actually led you to starting a hypnotherapy practice? I know you had the coaching background quite extensive. Um, you even have a book you, you've done all sorts of things, but what, why did you go this route into hypnotherapy? You know, coaching I see as amazing work. Uh, it can bring so much benefit to people. And the benefits of it in many ways do tend to be a little amorphous or very general in a sense. And I wanted to be able to work with people and really help them with things that are very concrete, very specific. Uh, things that people are really actually struggling with, like quitting smoking, managing their weight, sleeping deeply and things like this. And so it was this really being able to help people with what the, the problems they're struggling with that led me to hypnotherapy. Because I, I, I see that hypnotherapy, I've, I've experienced it for myself and I see in clients just how, how effective how direct and how efficient hypnotherapy can be for such things. Absolutely. And I can speak to that from personal experience with it myself. Um, can you, just so we're all on the same page as we go forward in our time together, can you explain exactly what hypnotherapy is and maybe how it's a little different than the coaching? Certainly. So it would be possible to define, hip, hip, to define hypnotherapy in many different ways. Um, the, to be very basic, I could say that hypnotherapy is the use of hypnosis in a therapeutic context. To dig into that just a little bit more, what I would say is that, you know, we have experiences and we learn from those experiences. And we could say that learning in a sense is developing new patterns in, in our in our brains, how how our brains work, uh, develop and change for better or for worse, depending on what on the experiences that we have. The experiences that we have don't need to be real in the sense that that we go through them uh, in our in the physical world in order to make changes in the brain. In other words, imagined experiences can also be learning experiences, can also change 
the patterns in our brains, how we function. And so I could say that hypnotherapy is the skillful use of imagination to engage that learning process, to change the patterns in that we in, in the brain of the way that we function. And so as a hypnotherapist, in a sense, I would say that I'm a skillful guide of people through imagined experiences in order to successfully make the changes in their lives that they want to make. Oh, I, I like the way you put that, a skillful guide to help them through their imagined experiences. That's that's really interesting. I like that um, because that's exactly what I think it is. It, it makes perfect sense to me. And I love the fact that you said that you don't have to go through the actual experience to make right. the changes. You can do it through the mind. And that, that talks a little bit about... Um, how malleable and changeable our mind is. Can you comment a little bit about that and the plasticity? Yeah, it's in, it's incredible how plastic our minds are. You know, it's a, I'm going to say a, a common myth that, you know, our, our, our brains become, uh, our brains are only really plastic as we're, as we're in our childhood. And certainly our brains are more plastic in our childhood, especially our early, our early childhood. And still, even as adults, I see this all the time, just how plastic our brains really are just through, throughout our lives and the, uh, the ongoing ability to, to, to learn, to change, to develop. And that's such good news for people who like want to lose weight or want to stop smoking or want to start or stop anything because right. there, there is no lost cause. Anything can be changed because Absolutely. you can imagine it, right? You can change it. That's right. That's a title right. of another book. All right. Um, so in your hypnotherapy practice, what types of services do you offer and or in what areas do you specialize in? My practice is a fairly generalized hypnotherapy practice, you know, quitting smoking, managing weight, uh, sleeping deeply, anxiety and fears. Uh, those are those are the the major areas. Oh, and, and pain management. That's another another big one. And how did you, uh, how did you, I know some, some folks just specialize and they only have one area. Why did you choose to go the generalist route versus just specializing in one specific tiny niche? More than anything, because that's what people, you know, people come to me for a variety of issues and continue to do so. And I want to be able to help people with really what they're struggling with, with, with what's challenging them and, you know, help in any way that I can. So, um, combination of just my desire to help people in whatever it is they're struggling with and the potential of hypnotherapy to do so. I don't think there's, um, it's necessary as a hypnotherapist to be specialized in one thing and do just one thing. In a sense, my 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 specialty is hypnotherapy, which can be applied in many different ways. And I think that actually I'm more flexible and have um, 
more possibilities as a hypnotherapist to have the experience working with people coming from a lot of from a lot of different challenges from a lot of different perspectives yeah and also i you know once you work on that one issue that they have often it gives them that bandwidth to actually like look at the rest of their life and see where other things can be improved because we all don't just have one problem right absolutely we only had one but it doesn't work that way so yeah i mean it's yeah. not like you just see them for that one thing because after that's resolved and then they get to move on to something else so it's about cleaning up all the different parts of their life absolutely hypnotherapy is great for that and sometimes it'll even go in in the other direction than what you just described you know sometimes someone wants to quit smoking let's say but there's actually uh perhaps you know some people use smoking to manage their anxiety so sometimes it's actually that it's optimal to help them uh release the anxiety and manage that more effectively and then it becomes much easier to quit smoking and on, on the other hand it may be that you know they quit smoking and it's like oh i actually have all of this anxiety that i now want to deal with as well so it certainly goes in in both directions yeah i mean i've noticed that for myself i've i've wanted to work on one thing but it ended up actually working on something completely different and that healed right. the other thing too it was like amazing <laughs> so right. it, yeah it's the gift that keeps on giving um so have you noticed uh, that there are any certain types of work that you do that more people are attracted to like do you have like what's the most popular part of your practice if you have any or is it kind of across the board in terms it's of pretty across the board yeah hard to yeah. So in terms of uh, demographics or, you know, the types of people that you work with, um, do you have more men, more women, or is it across the board? Do you work with kids at all? Because I know a lot of parents are using hypnotherapy to help their kids with all sorts of issues from anxiety about tests to just um, getting along better with their friends and teachers. Um, who do you work with exactly? Yeah. So I work with adults and pretty much across the board in terms of adults, men, women, young adults, older adults. Um, but I do, I do just work with adults. Okay. Um, so, uh, when we talk about, um, why people end up at your practice or at a hypnotherapy practice, what usually brings them there? Like, what how did they end up arriving there i didn't really know much about this field till like a couple years ago but now i know all sorts of things about it wasn't even on my band my you know my my constellation of things i know about um but how do people even how do they get to this point in their life that they arrive here well unfortunately for a lot of people they are arriving at hypnotherapy after they have tried a whole list of other things. Often hypnotherapy is uh, kind of a last resort or something for helping them to, to make a change. And I say, unfortunately, because, um, you know, there's these, all these kind of myths and and reservations people have about hypnotherapy as a result of of many of these myths and th that leads them to you know actually tr try many other things first whereas hypnotherapy actually 
I would, you know, my biased perspective is much more effective than, than many other things that people might try. So it would be, it would be great if people, if it was actually something that people came to sooner, um, you know, for their, for their benefit, because often it is what really opens things up for people. And the great thing about it is it's changing the brain. It's not a conversation. <laughs> it's a, it's right. something that changes you at the, the core level, as opposed to something that's like, here, do this, and then you stop doing it, and then you go back and revert back to where you were before. So yeah, it's a completely different kind of thing. I wish I had known about it earlier in my life, I'll tell you that. But um, we're going to take a little bit of a turn because you brought up a great point about some of the myths that are out there. And I'd like to unpack um, some of those. Um, I know a lot of people, when they think of the word hypnosis or uh, hypnotherapy or something like that, they start having, like, they have some reservations um, because they, or they lack knowledge about it, or they think back to some crazy um, Hollywood rendition of what they think hypnosis is. Um, can you describe like, a, like a, some of the reservations people have to seeing a hypnotherapist? Yeah, I think the biggest one by far is the belief that they will lose their free will and be completely under someone else's control when they are hypnotized. And this is mostly not true. For most people in when they're in hypnosis, they're still very aware of what's happening. They're still very conscious. They still really have their full faculties of choice. Most people experience hypnosis as basically being a relaxed state where they are actively using their imagination. And really, if for most people, if they chose to come out of it at any point, they could do so. Now, to be totally balanced, there is a rare person who, for some reason, which is not really understood, perhaps genetic, who can go into very deep states of, states of hypnosis where they will believe and do almost anything that they're told. But this is very, very, very rare. This is true for a tiny, tiny fraction of the population. So, you know, in a sense, just in case you are one of those extremely rare people, it's important to go to a caring, ethical, well-trained hypnotherapist for sure. But, um, and in some sense, these people, as well as, um, you know, actually have a superpower with hypnosis because the, the hypnotherapy that they go through is going to be incredibly effective for them when they're so hypnotizable, but it's not necessary to be that hypnotizable in order to get uh, so much benefit from hypnotherapy. And it's so few people who actually go into that, that type of hypnotic state. I can't even imagine. I know exactly when I've been in various states, um, I know exactly what's going on. I know what exactly what's being said to me. Um, I'm aware the entire time because I'm awake. I'm not awake. I mean, I am awake. Excuse me. That brings me to another myth. A lot of people think like hypnosis is sleeping. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Because it is not. But can you address that? 
Yeah, that certainly is another another very common myth or just generalizing that myth just a little bit that it's some kind of very special and unusual state. And it's not necessarily something distinct from anything else you've ever experienced. Uh, as I mentioned, the most distinct feeling that people have when they're hypnotized is just that they feel relaxed. And the next most common feeling would be some kind of blissfulness. And, you know, just through our day, we go through different states as we transition from sleeping to being awake and from awake to being asleep. And, you know, we could even say it's a state transition of sorts when we go from resting to exercising and then come from exercising back to resting. We go through all kinds of states. We're in a different state when we're, you know, at work, when we're working versus when we're relaxing with family at home. And, you know, these are all different, different mind states that we have. And um, most people don't experience hypnosis as being really anything all that different from certain other states that they experience. And, you know, sometimes people actually doubt that they were in hypnosis because it just doesn't actually seem like anything that distinct. But, you know, as I, I often say, well, if you're feeling, you know, really relaxed, you're probably in that hypnotic state. If you're actively using your imagination as I guide you and you're imagining these things, you are almost definitely in this hypnotic state where changes can uh, can take place in your brain so effectively. I've really found um, hypnosis is just like being in the zone of anything that I do. It's like when you're watching TV, you're in a zone, you're in a trance, right? Would you agree? Absolutely. I love how you describe that being in a zone. That's a great way of uh, of describing it, I think, that kind of moves away from this myth of what, hip, you know, of hypnosis being something so distinct and unique. And can you also speak about um, kind of the myth that people think hypnosis is something people do to them, uh, but hypnosis is really something you're doing yourself to you. Like, it's not, nobody does anything to you. <laughs> Can you talk about that? Because that's a huge myth. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the in the beginning of a, of a session with a new client, one of the something that we discuss a lot is is the role of the client, because some people come in, you know, just as you described, thinking that their role is to be totally passive and, you know, just let go and another and even even worse some people think oh well my my role is i'm going to i'm going to resist the hypnosis which honestly is kind of silly because if someone wants to resist hypnosis they'll probably succeed and actually get nothing out of out of the session so there's nothing impressive in fact about resisting hypnosis if if someone wants to make the changes they're actually they're actually an active participant in the session. And, you know, as I describe myself as a hypnotherapist, I'm 
guiding people through skillfully imagining things in ways that enable deep changes to occur in the brain. So the role of the client is very much to be actively involved in the imagination. That is the hypnotic process. And then people sometimes wonder, oh, well, you know, do I have to, you know, what kind, do I have a good enough imagination or something like that? And the answer is almost certainly yes. If you can imagine what your front door looks like or uh, imagine what a, what a loved one looks like, even if you're only picturing that in general, you have um, more than enough imagination to benefit from hypnosis. And also, you're not asleep when you're in hypnosis. In fact, you have to stay awake because you have to sit vertical in your chair. Like nobody's like falling asleep here, right? Exactly right. And different different hypnotherapists do do that differently. Uh, but certainly the way the way that I work is just exactly as you described, sitting up and not falling asleep. Right, because it actually doesn't work if you fall asleep. It can't take your brain actually can't take the things in the way it needs to. So not a good thing. So um, I'd like to know a little bit about what happens um, in a hypnosis session. So can you kind of just generally give us an overview of what it's like if somebody works with you? So how does that work? What does it look yeah. like? So we start off just with a conversation about the change that the client is wanting to make so that I can understand their perspectives and what about the issue is challenging for them. And then we continue the conversation with what hypnosis is, what we're going to do, and I'll, I'll quite a bit just about the, the client's role and how they engage. And then we come to doing the doing the hypnosis part of the session. And then when you're when you're complete with them, um, how do you wrap up a session? Once they're out of the hypnosis, they're kind of back to being alert and awake, just have a short conversation to um, so that I feel confident that the person is, you know, fully alert and ready to continue with their day uh, and actually wrap up the, the session quite, quite shortly after that. I actually don't want to have a lot of conversation about the, the hypnotic process. I actually want the changes to kind of uh, sink in on different levels rather than having a lot of discussion about them. Yeah, and that's a really important thing. And I know you said the word awake, and I don't. I know you don't mean that in like asleep awake, but we use that word awake. Um, yes. You always are awake. We just sometimes say that word, um, but nobody's asleep, just to clarify. Thank you for bringing that distinction in, Tara. Yes, because that is a hypnotherapy term that we wake the person up, and it's not waking them up from being asleep. Um, more accurately, more accurate would be to say that they are coming out of the state of hypnosis. It's not really waking up at all. Right, right, exactly. All right. So I'm glad that we covered some of those myths because those really keep people from taking action and getting something solved so quickly and easily. 
versus, you know, keeping it all in and living with the problem that you don't need to live with. So um, don't listen to the myths and certainly don't pay attention to Hollywood and movies. That is not real life, folks. Okay, so um, when we talk about your hypnotherapy practice and just like any business, what are some of the biggest challenges you have when it comes to getting the word out about what you do? I would say the biggest challenge is going back to some of the myths we talked about, actually, people are afraid of the process, are afraid of what will happen in the session often um, because of these myths. And I think the biggest one by far is this concern about being controlled. And, you know, what I, a way that, that I often address this with people, you know, if we take smoking as, a, as an example, is to say, well, right now, you don't really have control with respect to smoking. You, your, your brain, for whatever reason, is controlled on some kind of daily schedule by needing these cigarettes. You're actually under the control of cigarettes and we can apply this to other things someone who wants to manage their weight could be we could say well you're kind of under control of food in some sense or under under the control of your eating impulses or even someone who has trouble sleeping you're under the control of the insomnia or the the waking state of your brain so I like to talk about hypnotherapy as giving people their choice back, giving people their freedom back. It's it's not it's not about, you know, ending up under the control of something else. It's actually giving the control back. So that's um, you know, I think this fear of being under the con- under under the control is the biggest challenge that I I have to overcome in bringing people into into hypnotherapy to help them with these things, and that's kind of how I frame the 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 counter side of it is it's releasing them from control. Yeah, and the thing is, they always have control. They're in control. Exactly. You're just facilitating the process. Absolutely. So what excites you most about being a hypnotherapist and doing the work that you're doing today in your practice? Two things. One is just, uh, I'm fascinated by how the mind works, how it changes the potential of it and how we can work with the mind to to make changes, to support it in developing so that people can live the lives that they want. I'm just, I'm fascinated by this. And I love supporting people to live the lives they want to live, to make the changes they want to make. And I think one of the most important things you said is that um, age doesn't matter, right? You can change at any age. There's no age situation going on here. That's right. So um, any closing thoughts about um, building this business in the past couple of years? I mean, what, what, where do you see yourself going next with your practice? Getting the word out there even more, being able to reach more people. 
with, you know, who can benefit from hypnotherapy and countering some of these myths just so that it becomes one of the first places that people turn when they want to make a change rather than a last resort as it becomes for many people. Yes, yes, exactly. So my final question as we come to the end of our time together is, um, I know you're an entrepreneur for many, many years, and um, I'd love to know from you, what is your one piece of advice to entrepreneurs? I'm going to give a piece of advice that's perhaps a little bit unusual in an entrepreneurial context, but it is to clean up the shadows and the things that challenge you in your life, even outside of the professional context. If you challenges in your relationships, if you don't sleep well, if you have, you know, uh, anger management issues or anything like that, take care of those and do the work that you need to, to clean up those shadows. Not only will it benefit your whole life, but at some point, if you don't clean those up, they're going to creep into your professional life, into your business as well, and uh, deal with those, clean those up in advance. Well said, well said, because I'll tell you, um, dealing with entrepreneurs for over 20 years, it's all about that stuff first. It's not the business stuff at all. <laughs> you are right. so right. Thank you so much, Brad, for being a guest on today's program. It was wonderful to be here and have this conversation with you, Tara. Thanks so much for having me here. If you'd like more information about our program, please visit us at michigananteprenortv.com. Please join me again in the future when I interview another enterprising entrepreneur. Until then, wishing you the best of business.